0: This episode of Curbside Manor is going to be a bit different. No guests, just me. Unfortunately, this has also been the state of my life for the past eight days since I tested positive for COVID-19 last Monday. Just me. Before that, I had finished my first week and a half working at the Fourth Street Clinic in Salt Lake City, Utah where I have been screening and tracking unhoused patients during their visits through the clinic's outdoor tent village. COVID, and the isolation that it warrants, has not felt great. Although my mostly mild symptoms are starting to recede, I feel lonely and purposeless as the never-ending hours slide by. However, this time has also provided me an opportunity to zoom out from my day-to-day work and think about the broader scope of this fellowship on healthcare for homeless Americans. When the pandemic first hit the United States in the spring of 2020, there was a wave of specific concern for the spread of COVID-19 across the homeless community. From my understanding, the concern was rooted in two main issues. One, most unhoused individuals in the US do not have a safe place to self-isolate. And two, many homeless Americans are older and have complex and comorbid health issues, which are frequently left untreated due to challenges in their accessing medical care. In some cities, such as San Francisco, shelters closed, and some of the high-risk homeless folks were put up in hotel rooms funded by the city, while many other folks were left to fend for themselves out on the street. Other cities like Salt Lake have kept shelters open with distanced beds and an entry requirement of a negative rapid test, which we offer at the fourth street clinic if requested. Almost a year later, the medical community seems to be somewhat surprised by how COVID-19 has played out for homeless individuals. Some data that has been collected in the San Francisco Bay Area indicates that the virus is not infecting homeless individuals at any higher rate than the general population. One University of California, San Francisco doctor suggests that outdoor living arrangements like the tent encampments that many homeless individuals in the Bay Area inhabit, provide much greater ventilation than indoor living situations and have therefore reduced the risk of transmission. A silver lining. However, other data from the New York City homeless community, when it's adjusted for age, has indicated that being homeless increases your risk of mortality From COVID-19 by up to 76%. Wow. The bottom line is that it's been hard to collect accurate data during a pandemic on a group of individuals that is unstably housed and often moving around. It might just be too soon to know what's true. Regardless, a looming crisis remains. The economic fallout of this pandemic is about to catapult the number of homeless Americans to an unprecedented number. An appalling but important prediction based on a recent study is that the U.S. homeless population will increase by 45% in 2021. Why hasn't this happened already? Well, there's been a national moratorium basically a hold, on evicting people who haven't been able to pay rent. Biden just signed it into effect until this coming March. Even if it gets extended again, it's really only a matter of time before the moratorium is ended and thousands of Americans, many of whom are from Black, Latinx, or immigrant communities, become newly homeless The whole country is going to have to brace itself for overflowing shelters, food lines, clinics, and emergency rooms. I don't think we're ready for it. In the meantime, the next hurdle is getting the vaccine. In most cases, two doses of it to people experiencing homelessness in this country. As I have seen this year in San Francisco and Salt Lake City, many unhoused individuals have had negative experiences with healthcare in the past and remain skeptical and or fearful of medical procedures. Many unhoused individuals remain unaware or have not been able to receive education about the purpose and efficacy of the COVID vaccine. Many have inconsistent telephone access or none at all. And on top of all of that, I've witnessed how many patients experiencing homelessness struggle to show up for their follow-up appointments, which doesn't bode well for a second vaccine dose appointment. The day after I entered my isolation with COVID-19, the 4th Street Clinic began distributing the first dose of the vaccine to patients who were 70 years or older. I don't yet know what their plan is for ensuring that patients return to clinic, but I would imagine that like many things this year, it will be a figure it out as you go issue try to contact the patient and then hope that they can understand and act on the urgency of this pandemic. In general, attitudes about COVID-related precautions are very different in Utah than they were in California. Masks are mandated at most public indoor locations, but they are rarely worn while walking down the sidewalk or through the hallway of my apartment building. Indoor dining is widespread and popular. Movie theaters are open. A stark contrast to the shelter-in-place curfew I left in San Francisco back in December. As I think about the thousands of unhoused folks who have battled COVID-19 already, I feel grateful to have a safe place to self-isolate and return to my full health. I have been sleeping almost 11 hours each night, but I still feel tired. I can't smell and my head sometimes aches, but all in all, things are getting better. But psychologically, I have had a really hard time feeling positive. When I do return to the world outside my apartment, I look forward to diving back into 4th Street's effort to vaccinate people experiencing homelessness in Salt Lake City. I'm also looking forward to my own first vaccine dose. Until then, I quarantine, for real this time. This is Curbside Manor.